Today, our scripture reading is from Psalm 62, and you've heard already a few verses from it. But if you have a moment, I encourage you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 62, and I will read from our word. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him, like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him, in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in exhortation. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If, if riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will tender to a man according to his work. May God bless the, be the reading of his word. Over to you, Cola. Good theology is three things. It is orthodoxy, which is correct thinking. It's orthopraxy, which is right living. But it's also orthopathy, which is right feeling. Today, as we, as we dig into one of the Psalms, I love the Psalms because they're the language of emotion. They teach us how to feel. They're psalms of lament and psalms of frustration. It says, God, I'm in this place, and it's hard for me right now. There's also psalms of, psalms of praise where it says, God, you are good. The nations will come to you. They'll all see how good you are one day. There are also psalms of anger about injustice in the world. There are also psalms of reminding and speaking to ourselves about the goodness of God and reminding us who we are. The psalms do a good job of giving us and teaching us how to feel, how to understand our emotions. It gives us the language of emotion. And we as CB, as our DNA is part of Chinese Bible church, we are people who are good at head knowledge. A lot of us, I go to several Bible studies a week. We spend time in the Word. We know, and then we've also had a lot of time focusing on how do we live out but how much time have we spent thinking about how do we deal with and how do we feel with our emotions? Today, as we go through Psalm 62, I want to speak to us about our hearts, about our emotions, about how we feel. And so I'm actually going to read Psalm 62 again. I want it to be like a song, because these are songs that were sung in the congregation, but I want it to be like a song where we're repeating, we're hearing things. But I want us to not just understand the words, but to feel the emotion 
of the psalm. Before, and before we get into it again, I also want us to um, just, just look as, as a good biblical study principle about what is repeated here, what is repeated in the psalms, okay? So I'm going to read it again. I want to try to read it with some emotion, but then I also want you to hear and feel what's repeated. And so if you need to close your eyes, if you need a moment of silence, take that. Psalm 62. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him? Like a leaning fence, like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, oh, my soul, waits in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of high estate are but a breath. Those, oh, sorry, those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. So put no trust in extortion. Put no vain hope on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power, that power belongs to God. And that to you, O oh God, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his works. Did, that, did you feel that a little bit? Did you hear what was repeated? When I, I, I've been mulling over this passage for the last three weeks and thinking, and the thing that has been repeated in my mind is verse 1 and 5 where it says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. Verse 5, For God alone, O oh my soul. The psalmist is talking to his own heart, wait in silence. And the question that I always had is, why does he need to tell himself, why does he need to remind himself to wait in silence? We see the problem that the psalmist is addressing is in verses 3 and 4. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning fence, a, a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. The psalmist is going through and is facing the situation where everything around him is pushing him and is battering him. He feels like a leaning fence that's about to fall over at any point. He feels unbalanced. And how many of you feel that same way in your lives as well? Do you feel unbalanced? Do you feel like there's enemies coming alongside of you? And it might not be a physical person actually attacking you. It might not be actual people saying bad things about you, but maybe it's the circumstances and the situations that you're in. You think of, I, I, I've talked to some people who 
have been working and working and working from home, and it feels like you're just in a place where you're stuck, in a place where it's kind of frustrating, the day-to-day grind of work, or maybe you've been working all this time to reach this point in your career, and you've arrived here, and now you have this uneasy sense in your heart about, what am I doing? What was it all for? Or maybe you're a student in school, and school is hard right now, and it's tough, and it's just going to school and waking up in the morning, and going to class online just feels like a drag. It just feels hard. Maybe you're in the midst of testing and you're looking towards your future, right? If you're going to college or if you're going to grad school and you need to take your SATs or your GREs and your MCAT, and it's stressful for you. Maybe you're a parent and you're worried constantly about your kid's future. And as you think about what your kids are going to be doing and, and if you're parenting right and if they're following God, it feels like the burden and the stress of that is pushing you over and it's hard and you're worried and you're concerned. Maybe the stress that you feel is your relationship with this church. Oh, it feels like we're being battered and beaten. You know, I, I was, uh, I've been talking to a lot of people uh, these few weeks, and a lot of them have mentioned this, uh, the, the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma. Right. And, 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 and in that, it goes over how we are influenced in social media and how we get our opinions and how a lot of that is driven by finances and how maybe they're, you know, we're not able to trust some of the things that are given to us and we need to do more research and we need to reevaluate all the things that we think of, that we read, that we see in the news, that we're looking at our phones and on Instagram and on Facebook. It feels like we're struggling and there's a lot. There's so many burdens and there's so many things that make us feel like the psalmist is feeling, like we're being battered on all sides, like we're a leaning fence, we're toppling over, and we can barely stand. And what do we normally do in these situations? How do we normally respond to troubles and, and these hardships in our lives? Well, normally what we do and what we've been taught our whole lives to do is to work harder, Right? If you're in school, how do you get better grades? Study more. Dedicate yourself. Dedicate yourself to studying the SAT book, the MCAT book, whatever it is. Work hard. If you want to get a better job, get more in your career. Spend more time in your job and in work. If, and, and, and our culture is all about these kind of things too, right? It's like you, you think of, we have this feeling of self-actualization. I can reach whatever place I want to be. I can do it. I can eat the keto diet. I can be on paleo. I can do intermittent fasting. I can run, exercise. I can do all these things. Usually our response to all these burdens and our problems is do more. But what this passage says over here is this. For God alone, my soul, waits in silence. The psalmist is speaking to himself. Verse 5, for God alone, oh my soul. When you're in the midst of these burdens and being battered and being hurt and beat, you don't work more. It says no. Oh my soul. Cola. Wait. In silence. Wait in silence for God. And this waiting in silence is characterized by this as we continue from verse 5. My hope is in Him. 
He is my rock and my salvation. It's not a hope of doing nothing, but it is a hope characterized by our belief and trust that God is our hope. And when we wait in silence for God, what that's, what that's pointing us to do is to say, God is my rock. God is my salvation. Because when we're trying to do all these things on our own, what we're saying is, I'm my rock. I'm my salvation. I'm my fortress. And the psalmist reminds us, the Bible reminds us, God's word reminds us who is our rock? Who is our salvation? Who is my hope? Who is my glory? That's God. God is my rock. He is my salvation. He is my glory. Therefore, I don't have to keep striving. I don't, he, I don't have to keep beating myself up over and over again and forcing myself day after day to continue to go. I can wait in silence because God is my rock and he is my hope. Not me, but God is. Do you feel that today? Do you feel that this morning? Do you feel, do you, when's the last time you had a moment of silence in your life? Was this four seconds that I didn't speak? The longest period where you weren't thinking about what's next. You weren't listening to a podcast. You weren't listening to a book. I remember um, Sue Kim, our retreat speaker. He was, my, he was also my mentor at Gordon-Conwell in my first year when I was there. And Sue Kim, he would always say, when we pray, we recognize that we need God. When we pray, it's recognition that I'm not enough and that I need God. When we Sabbath, built into the DNA of the world when God created the world, when we Sabbath, the fourth commandment, right? Sleep on the pillow. The fourth commandment was to rest. And why do we rest? Well, if we worked on seven days a week, if we didn't take a day off, we would actually be, what, 16% more effective? We would have more time. We'd have another eight hours of work. Even if you worked five, that's still, what, 12% more work that you could do throughout the week. But we, when we rest, when we Sabbath, it's not just the negative of not doing work, but it's the positive of spending time with God and trusting that he will give us enough strength, energy in those six days. In the same way here, it says my soul waits in silence because we trust God. We believe that he is our rock. He is our strength. He is our hope. Therefore, we can wait in silence for him. We can breathe. We can stop striving. But we can wait in the Lord. The psalmist continues, and he reminds us of two other ways that we can get this wrong, two other mindsets that we can have. In verse 9, he says, Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up, <clears throat> they, are to, they are together lighter than a breath. 
And here's, here's, here's a general biblical principle that you can do. When, when a biblical author, when the Bible uses the contrast between extremes, those of high estate, those of low estate, he's saying that's encompassing all of life, all people, rich, poor, all people. What does he say about them? They're but a breath. Our life is but a breath. That's how heavy it is. That's how light it is. When I was young, when it, when it became cold, I used to breathe out, and you could see your breath in the winter, and it would just be gone. And when I was young, I was more disgusting, too, and I would try to catch my burps, right? I would go, oh, catch it in there and try to release it, right? But have you ever done that? It's, it's light. It's not, it's not heavy. It's not, it's not worth anything, right? And God says, that's what our lives are like. Those who are rich, those who are poor, your life is like a breath, There's no weight to it, but that's contrasted with what he says about God, who is our rock, who is a fortress, who is our foundation. That's heaviness. And he says, our lives, we can't trust in our own strength because we're weak, because we're transient, because we don't live that long. But we can trust and believe in the strength of God because he is going to be there. He's solid. He's our rock. He's our fortress. And therefore, when we're like a leaning fence and we're trying and we're leaning over and we try to throw the rope, we try to pull ourselves back up when we can't because we're not strong enough. But you know who is? God is. When we feel like a leaning fence, we can't trust in our own strength. But we can say God is our foundation. He's our rock. He's what allows us to come back. Our life is like a breath. That's the first area we get wrong. The second one, verse 10, put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hope on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. This, the psalmist is saying don't sin to try to become more comfortable, right? Don't try to rob someone to get richer to become more comfortable. Don't extort anybody to get to become more comfortable right and he says and i think we can take that to even a broader point don't sin to ease the 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 frustration or the boredom or the pain that you're feeling in your heart how many times do we do that and how normal is that right how often do we worry how often do we feel unsatisfied sometimes and so we'll just go on amazon and just scroll and we'll see, oh, hey, actually, that's not too expensive. Let me buy that. And, and you get the endorphins of almost every day an Amazon package will arrive and you open it up and, yes, you're like, yes, I feel good. Are we using that to satisfy the pain, the frustration, the hurt? How many, how many other things do we do? Are, are we trying to achieve a lot in life? Are we trying to gain things? Are we trying to have a nicer house, a nicer car? Are we resorting to sin to ease the frustration and pain and the burden? For some people, it's resorting to pornography. For some people, in my church back home, this is in Connecticut, this is a huge thing. A lot of the wives buy expensive purses because they think that'll make them feel happy. It makes it, it, they, and it's like they know that it won't, but they, they keep buying more and more expensive things. And so, hey, we're actually a generation, millennials, where we say, oh, you know what, we're, we're not about materialistic things. We're about our experiences. So how many of you are trying to fill up the hole in your heart, the emptiness that you feel, the frustration that you might feel with life, the burdens, trying to ease the pain by going on trips to experience all these different things, or maybe eating lots of delicious food? None of those things are wrong. 
But it says here, don't use sin to try to ease the pain, the hurt, the frustration. Because it's sin. Rather know that God is our hope and our salvation. That we don't need to continue to strive, whether it be sin through sinful means or whether it just be through working harder and killing ourselves every day. We're reminded here because God is our rock and our hope and our salvation. Therefore, we can wait in silence for him. One of the really fascinating things about this psalm is that the psalmist doesn't address God until the very last verse. The entirety of this psalm is the psalmist speaking to himself, is David reminding himself. To, if anyone didn't need a reminder, it was probably David, but he's reminding himself and the congregation, Oh, my soul. Do you need to be reminded of that today? To speak to your heart, Oh, my soul. Find your rest. Find your hope. Find your salvation, your rock, your immovable fortress in God. The psalm concludes with this. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard. God has spoken once. He says, twice I need to hear this. I need to be reminded of this. Do you need to be reminded today of this? That power, on one hand, power belongs to God. And then verse 12, in that you, O God, belong steadfast love. That God is powerful. He can make a difference. He, but here's the other thing is that he cares about you. Do you need to be reminded of this today? That God cares about you. God is your rock. He is your foundation. He is your fortress. Therefore, I can be quiet. I can wait in silence for God to meet me here in the burden, in the struggle, in the anxiety. I can wait on God. Crossbridge, let us wait on God. Let's wait in silence for the Lord because he cares for you. Now, it wouldn't be a Crossbridge sermon without being practical a little bit. <laughs> so let's, let's be practical. When's the last time you actually had some silence in your life? Has me been looking at the camera for four or five seconds at a time been the most silent that your life has been? Martin Luther had this practice. He said, I, book, he said, I would bookend my days with prayer. He says, in the morning... In the quiet of the morning, I'll pray. And before my mind, before all the things of the day come to my mind, I will lift those things up to God. And then he said, at, at the end of the day, in the quiet of the evening, I'll reflect on my day and lift those things up to God. Do you have quiet in your day? When's the last time you got away from your phone? got away from listening to a podcast or some music. When's the last time in the morning when you woke up, you didn't immediately start going to, what do I need to do next? When's the last time because you knew that God was near and that you can trust him, that you had silence? 
And also, too, we can examine our own lives and our hearts. Are there sinful ways that instead of turning to God in silence, instead of turning to Him who is our rock, you've been trying to find your hope, your salvation through other means, maybe through excessive shopping. You know, for me, I buy a lot of microphones. And, I, you know, I, I believe that's practical for ministry, too, but there's another part of me that really enjoys buying microphones and getting stuff from Amazon and opening the package. I find joy in that. Am I finding joy, more joy in that than I am in God? Am I finding that more in my work? Am I working so many hours that I'm neglecting my life, my family, my time with God? Are there things in your life that are keeping you, that are, that are keeping you from God? Are there things in your life that you're replacing the peace and the hope and the rest that you find in God with. I'll finish with this, verse 8. And I'll say this to you, Crossbridge. Trust in him at all times. Oh, people, oh, church, Crossbridge, trust in him at all times. Pour out your hearts before him, for God is a refuge for us. Let's pray. Lord, you are our hope. You are our salvation. You are our rock. And you are our refuge, Lord. And when we do feel beaten and battered, just like Emily was praying about so many of the things that are happening within our church, within our lives, within the world, Lord, help us to remember Remind our hearts daily that we can find our rest in you. And that in the midst of the chaos, that we can wait in silence because you are a kind and good and compassionate God who is near. Help us, Lord, and remind us daily. Speak to our hearts. We pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen.